Hey, what's up? It's the Denver Road Show, episode 43. Bill and Ian here. Uh, we're going to have a packed show. I feel like I keep saying that. Uh, and we've, <laughs> we've been recording some long sessions, um, but uh, just a lot to a lot to get through, um, trying some new things out and uh, just a lot to talk about, I guess. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, do we want to get started with some dead letters? Of course. Okay. Um, and because what happens whenever I trot out this segment, like I plan to do the segment and then I don't know if I'm being spied on or whatever, but then I just like, like get inundated with them whenever I plan to do the segment. So this one, uh, we have gotten something similar before, but uh, this one is um, even more concerning, I would say. Uh, this came to us from amazinghumanhair at yeah.net. Uh, and so I think I think if you remember, we did get something about uh, some human hair uh, previously. How could I forget? Uh, this one was sent into the publishing email. Um Hello, my friend. You can get high-quality hair wigs from our factory directly. 100% virgin human hair. <laughs> Huge stock. Fast delivery. You can reply me back to get price and pictures to check. Thanks, Sydney. So the one detail there that sticks out is that this is not just any old hair. This is virgin human hair. <laughs> this is the, this is the hair of virgins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, for the purposes of of a wig, I'm not sure how that even matters, but. I don't, I don't know. Unless I was performing some sort of ritual, I don't see how that's going to come into play. I don't, I don't see why that's necessary. I don't know of many rituals that require hair as an offering. No, but so like the sacrifice of a virgin, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, but you would need the entire virgin, right? You, you don't just want the hair. I suppose. But I, you know, the times are tough. You know, if you can't get the whole virgin, you need, you need a piece. So right. what would you do in that case? Would you dress up uh, a non-virgin with the, the virgin hair and try to pass as? Yeah, yeah. You could do a Nightmare Alley. You know? There you go. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you know, you could try to do a spook show. You could, yeah. You could get the, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I was contacted uh, about that this morning. <laughs> um Let's see. Where's this other one? Um, this one's not very interesting, except for the email address. This is from Justina Moms, uh, and it's the, just telling me about a website, Blackstone Capital. Uh, I just like Justina Moms, and that's one word. Um, this one, uh, Jacob Wusf. That's not really a name. How do you spell that? Uh, it's Jacob, and then W S F F. Oh, yeah, all no, you, one, you pronounce one that pretty well. <laughs> uh, and this is, uh, the website is AsianOnly.fans. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, maybe an offshoot. Uh, <laughs> um, and this one is Andrew Woogers. Kind of a running theme here. They kind of give up halfway through. Uh, and the website is just an IP address. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and the comment they give you is a uh, 40 slot. That's a lot of slots. Yeah. But wait, can we go back no, no. to the only dot fans? Was there more content to that email? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, there wasn't. Bummer. Yeah. Um, now, so what? So what is the fourth dimension? Um, is it smell? Excuse me. Like, or is it time? You know? No. I. I what, did you just take what? a hard left turn here? I don't know what you're talking about. The 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 comment the comment on this uh-huh. from Andrew Woodyvis is, is 4D slot. Oh, I thought it was 40, like four zero. No, 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 no. 4D. Oh, 4D. Okay. So what, what, what is the fourth dimension? I think it's time, right? 
What is the fourth dimension? Okay, this is going to get... So is this oh. just a, a fancy way of saying time slot? Like there's an open time slot for you? Maybe. A four-dimensional space is a mathematical extension of the concept of three-dimensional spaces or 3D space. Three-dimensional space is the simplest possible abstraction of the observation that uh, one only needs three numbers called dimensions to describe the sizes or locations of objects. This is just a weird... 40 equivalent of a cube is known as a tesseract. Oh, God. I think we're, so we're venturing... Information about a tesseract. We're venturing very close to a, a Marvel Comics uh, plot line here. Sure. But, the, but the, the image here on the Wikipedia page for four-dimensional space showing what a tesseract is is just a looping GIF that looks like a Windows 98 uh, screensaver mm -hmm. where it's just kind of... There's like a, a cube that's just like folding in on itself. Hmm. So is there no additional uh, message here with this one either, this this email? No, okay. no, 40 slot. Then the website is some kind of uh, just an IP address. Right. Um, and then let's see, do I have... This one was uh, in Russian, um, and this is from Del Blake. Hello, UV boss. I will suggest raising positions in search engines by 10 to 20 points. Price is only 400 RU. What is that? Is that Ruples? Quality X. Reporting. Site runs from professionalist. Vaunted bases. Contact. Okay. Yeah, it's never been more clear that we need legitimate listener emails. Well, um, well so, so, uh, so hold on there. Uh -huh. Um, so, so I, uh, I started running some advertisements for the show. Um, Over on the Facebook page? I, okay, so I tried to do one for the Facebook page. Uh, and Facebook rejected me. Now, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook would not let me um, pay them money to run advertisements, and the reasoning was was due to profanity. Well, they said profanity and grammar, but then they said uh, more specifically the profanity. And uh, I was very confused because I didn't use any profanity in the advertisement, um, and it was because the click through the link would send them to one of our episodes. And since we have a segment called No Fucking Thanks, which in the episode description, I explain that this episode has a No Fucking Thanks segment in it, uh, that is profanity. And so they would not accept the advertisement. Uh, so Facebook would not allow me to give them money to advertise the show. Which, like, when you when you consider Facebook's history of what they allow on their yes. platform, that is incredible. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um... So I ran one on Twitter, uh -huh. um, and I did get uh, one piece of feedback. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name this person, mm -hmm. but um, because they they actually could be listening. I don't know. That was um, exciting. But but yeah, but they 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 replied to the ad and they said, "Hey, this is pretty good. Thanks for paying Twitter to put it in front of my eyeballs." Um, now, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe this says something about me and my self esteem. But <laughs> um, I'm concerned that that's sarcastic. I wouldn't be concerned. I would. I would. I think it's pretty clear. I mean, it is. It is definitely sarcasmic. Yeah. yeah there's. Damn. Yeah. Um. So like. Damn. So when you when you did this, <laughs> what does it show up as? Like a sponsored tweet on on some users. Uh, yeah. Feeds? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at least it reached somebody. Like that, we can verify that somebody saw it. Yeah. No, I have the metrics of it reaching people. Mm -hmm. It uh, found a pair of eyeballs. It did. But you would think if like they were like being sarcastic like oh yeah thanks you had to pay twitter to get this to people they would have been like oh yeah this this sound this is this is this is uh some shit you know i don't I, 
I mean, you know what I mean? The, the internet is full of advertising everywhere. So, like, why single us out? <laughs> what did we do? Right, right. So that's why I'm like, it, what is the what is the percent chance that this is a genuine genuine feedback from somebody that checked it out and said, hey, this is actually not bad. Uh, I still say zero there. Yeah, yeah no zero. Mm-hmm. It's zero. It's yeah. just somebody being <laughs> thinking that they're funny and. Yeah. yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. aha, you paid money to to get people to see this, which I still don't get why that's a bad thing, but okay. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, so there's that. Um, I th- is that is that all the dead letters? I think that's all the dead letters I had. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's dead letters for this week. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction, I think. <laughs> it's a step. It's, a it's step. an actual human um, being. I, yeah, and uh, if I want to do any Facebook marketing, I have to not curse in the uh, copy of... The episode well, you did be. say that that so, you're you're kind of tired of of the no fucking thanks segment, which I am as well. So if we move on from that, yes. we might be able to uh, to go back on on Facebook. Yes, yes. Um, and hey, that's a fantastic segue mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> into this week's no fucking thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, I am. I'm quite tired of the uh, the segment. I would like to take a break from it. Uh, because I am, I'm rapidly running out of ways to say that NFTs are really stupid. Um, so I would like to put it on the back burner for a while. It was just, it's just, just getting to a point where it's like, there are so many of these dumb ideas and schemes and grifts that are happening. Um, and it's kind of getting, uh, repetitive. Um, but I felt that it was necessary to get this story in mm-hmm. here. Um, and then we can uh, put this to rest for a bit unless something absolutely insane happens. Uh. So yeah, uh, the NFT marketplace OpenSea, they were hacked for a supposed $200 million of uh, NFTs that were stolen from this service um, through an email phishing attack. Uh, now, um, RazzleCon is in custody, right? Uh, house arrest. House ar- oh, okay. House arrest. I'm just trying to determine but, but, whether she's a suspect or, or they're a suspect in this, in this situation. Yeah, but uh, they're not allowed to... Uh, have any dealings with crypto anymore oh okay is this is the stipulation for the house arrest Mm -hmm. so um yeah so the the email uh that that uh got people uh was an email that said uh hi there you can now migrate your ethereum listings to the new smart contract today gas free you have until 2 p.m eastern on friday to migrate your list to that time any listings you haven't migrated will expire all existing offers will also expire um and so then it's just a you click on it and then basically uh they steal your apes um and uh basically uh open was like doing nothing about this they were just like oh yeah we're investigating what happened for days and days and days and i still don't think that they have done anything about this get your hands um, off my damn dirty apes yeah uh i just i just think it's funny that it's like the 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 claiming of 200 million dollars worth of nfts that are stolen that that number is might as well be zero mm-hmm. Because these are worthless. They're worthless. So you could claim any number for that. Right. I mean, it makes for an interesting headline. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, sucks to suck. Uh, the, fact that, the fact that these <laughs> just got fished so easily. And it's like so easy to fucking scam these people. It's like really easy. Yeah. I mean, that's like the um, most basic form, right? Is is phishing via like email and, and messages and stuff. Yeah. Like didn't even check to see if it was a legitimate email from the actual address or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's just very funny. Um, so yeah. Uh, and with that, we'll put uh, no fucking thanks to rest for a little bit. 
um, until something actually bad shit happens again. Uh, yeah. Um, do we want to get into our movie for this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a little bit less uh, contentious than last week's movie discussion. Yeah. Because um, like last week, I mean, I don't think you've ever been more wrong about something on the show. And, and I don't expect that from you again <laughs> this week. I think it'll be a, more of a reasonable take. So, uh-huh. so yeah, so we're talking, uh, we're talking Nightmare Alley this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the latest Guillermo del Toro, um, with just a, just a ridiculous cast. Yeah. I actually didn't know, just- <laughs> um, beyond like, uh, the people on the poster basically, which is Bradley Cooper, um, Rooney Mara, Kate Blanchett, and yeah. I believe Tony Collette, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then like t- not even 10 minutes in, you have Willem Dafoe and you have Ron Perlman showing up and it's like, it's just an, an yep. all-star cast. Yeah, crazy. Uh, then you have like the dude, the other dude from Mindhunter. Yes. Uh, you know, just like a bunch of other actors too. Like, yeah, just just a ridiculous cast. Um, so yeah, so you do want to give like the, the quick and dirty... Uh, plot rundown here. Yeah, so um, uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, we're introduced to him. Um, he sets a house on fire the very first scene and uh, presumably buries a, a body. Well, not presumably. He, we see him bury the body um, underneath floorboards and sets the house on fire and he, he takes a bus from there and <laughs> is able to fall asleep yeah. on that bus very easily, which is the, the, first, the first thing that should really... <laughs> be a clue into this character um but yeah so he mm-hmm. he ends up at this uh this carnival um where we spend a lot of time and he sort of uh ingrains himself with the uh the people working the carnival and becomes part of that uh that community and and he sort of learns the tricks of the trade and builds himself up and um develops a relationship with the character played by Rooney Mara and eventually um convinces her to go off with him and, and do their own act together um and from there there's an encounter with with a uh, very interesting psychologist uh, that he sort of has a working slash twisted relationship with, um, and uh, he sort of uh, goes down a goes down a uh, a bad path, I'll say, uh, with his his mm-hmm. new trade, uh, which is um, mentalism. Right, so he's he's yeah. pretending to uh, be able to speak to the dead and give like fortune tellings and 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 speak with uh, past uh, family members of people and he's sort of like tricking them he's putting on a spook show is, is, is how they is how they describe yeah. it um but yeah so this movie is a remake of a film uh from the 40s oh interesting. yeah and i also thought it was very appropriate that this had a black and white theatrical release after its initial mm. release because especially like the back half of this movie felt so much like a classic hollywood noir film Oh, like yeah, it was completely. so true to that style that um, I almost would have preferred it to be in black and white if it wasn't so visually interesting with like the use of color with like the costumes and the and everything going on. Um, mm mm-hmm. So yeah, like I thought this was a really, really good sort of ode to that um, that time in Hollywood, and it's just like a very riveting uh, take from from Guillermo. It's it's sort of a 
I mean, it's in his wheelhouse, but it's also like shying away from the supernatural, which is something that he usually uh, works with. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like the elements, like there are elements of that, um, like with the whole carnival thing and the, you know, yeah. The m- yeah. mirror it's, tricks it's, it's, and, and all that. Yeah. It's a cult adjacent. Yeah. 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 So like it, it's totally, it totally works within like the filmography of, of Guillermo, but it, it also is a bit refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what did um, you, what did you think about this? Yeah. That, that's interesting. I didn't realize it had a, uh, like a black and white release i think you i i do agree you i think you would almost like lose uh something without color there too because like rooney mara like part of her character is like she's often uh dressed in red and like she stands out from crowds and uh the locations that she's in and so i'm wondering how that would look in black and white like what that would do for her character yeah because like especially when you first encounter that character she's usually on the periphery of the scene when you're sort of navigating the carnival and even though she's in the background like she is a a focal point because your eyes are drawn to her um and that is because of the the visuals yeah so that's that's interesting um yeah i thought this was great um the performances were uh incredible uh i really uh enjoy like it it is it is a noir film it it goes back to classic noir films um especially in that back half but i do think that the the beginning portion is uh still very much noir you know just like the way that they talk and um like the way that uh it doesn't you know it it um it doesn't hold your hand like the way that like classic movies uh wouldn't where it's like um you're not quite sure like scene to scene how much time has passed Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really like you're just you have to infer based on like how relationships have progressed uh you know how much time has passed and like how um uh how characters are relating to each other now and you know um things like that uh so it it definitely felt like uh, a classic movie uh in that sense um, but yeah, just like fantastic performances all around. Um, I'm not the biggest Bradley Cooper fan. Um, I, I've just never really enjoyed the things that I've seen him in all that much. Um, I thought he was good here. Um, like basically you let him play an asshole, like it, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you give him like a, 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 a weird forties pencil mustache, uh, and make him kind of look like Ralph Fine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it, <laughs> And, you know, he can kind of like disappear into that a bit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it all worked really, really well. Um, but, yeah, just like Kate Blanchett was, you know, so good. Like she was she was born to play some kind of classic, you know, uh, like femme fatale uh, role like that, you know, completely. Like, yeah. Just yes. It was so good. The moment um, that she um, first appears on screen, you have an idea about what that character is going to be just because of like the, her energy and and just her presence, mm -hmm. which is, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that mysterious aura, you Mm -hmm. know, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it it was, it's really, uh, just a, a good noir film, like the way that it circles back on itself, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to like spoil anything here. Um, cause I think it's, it's pretty easy to talk about this one without getting into spoilers. I think it is. Yeah. But, yeah um, I would not want to ruin this one. It's funny. There is a, you know, a sort of a, a twist of sorts that ends the film. And yeah. like you said, it circles back on itself. And I thought it was impressive that, um, I was able to sort of, there was a moment early on in the film that I was like, Oh, are they do, are they going to do that? Like, 
is this character going to end up in that situation, right? Which ended up being the mm-hmm. case, but then mm-hmm. along the way, I forgot about that. So okay, I basically yeah. figured out the ending and then sort of let it slip from my mind and then was able to be surprised again by it, even though I predicted it earlier, which I think is impressive for, for a film to do that. Yes. And I'm going to be speaking very generally here, so this is not going to make much sense to people that haven't seen it. Yeah. But like in that in that conversation where they set that up, I figured that Bradley Cooper's character was going to employ that. Oh, right? OK. Like yeah, that's, that's what he because he was like fishing for all that information. So that's what he was going to do. Not that, you know, something was going to happen to him. Oh, interesting. So he was because he was because he was gathering all that information. I thought the movie where the movie was going was that like he was then going to become like the carnival leader master kind of thing. Mm. Like I thought that's the trajectory of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was like before he had brought it up to Rooney Mara that they're like, Oh, you know, we should get out of here, blah, 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 blah. Um, and all that stuff. And like, cause that's like, he was talking about, you know, like, Oh, I could do the mentalist show and like, Oh, I could improve your electrocution act and like all this other shit. I thought he was going to become the, uh, you know, like the carnival master, like he was going to start bumping people off and become the carnival leader kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the, the movie about now we're in does take a, a, a turn. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I was actually for a, a brief time because it did, it did reel me back in pretty quickly, but for a brief time I was a little bit let down by that because I really enjoyed what was going on at the carnival and all the characters that, that um, are involved there. And I did mm-hmm. feel like it, it sort of lost a bit of momentum for a little while in that middle section. Um, but then it did, it reeled yeah. me back in uh, pretty, pretty well. Um, once you start to mm-hmm. see like, the character arc that's that's coming uh, for for the for Bradley Cooper's character here, like the the direction that's going. Yeah. So yeah, like it, it's it's a classic setup too. It's like this this character has you know greed and ambitions and you know thinks he's on top of the world and he's destined for a fall. Right. Oh like, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a, a well worn type of of story. Yeah, and uh, you know, like this this would not be like out of place as you know like a twilight zone episode or you know like you know something like that like it's just uh and it's just it's just executed so well the performances are so good uh it's visually uh fantastic you know um yeah it's just it's just a really good movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I feel like it. it's kind of, well, I, I thought before the Oscar nominations came out that it was f- flying under the radar, but then it got a Best Picture nom, so I guess people are watching it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is really cool, because it's very good. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, yeah, I'll watch anything he makes. So. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, like, th- that cast is just... <laughs> ridiculous that's a ridiculous cast like yeah it's also a perfect role (laughs) for oh oh, willem dafoe's here it's like of course he is of course he's a car i was gonna say perfect role for him yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. oh my god and i hadn't seen ron perlman in anything recently so that was cool to see him show up too no yeah i probably last saw him in a del toro movie yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah um yeah rooney mara's fantastic and everything you know like she could read the fucking phone book Mm-hmm. <laughs> like god Ugh. also um, the the makeup that like the costume that she's in for a very crucial scene towards the end it was just so good yeah so yeah. good in what it's what it's doing um yeah like i won't get into the details there because we can i because th- i don't want to spoil it but yeah that was that was really great i think this i don't know if this movie's up for any of the like makeup awards but it definitely should be yeah yeah it should um, but that, yeah, that scene where Bradley Cooper asks the guy, he's like, well, what did you do? You know, it's like, oh God in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then just the backdrop of everything, whenever, whenever Willem Dafoe is like, 
the, it's like the short guy looks like Charlie Chaplin. He just invaded Poland. <laughs> it's like Jesus, man. Yep. All right. But yeah, just a good movie. People should watch it. It's on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, and HBO Max as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I was gonna um I was gonna suggest if you want to do another film next week, um, Drive My Car is coming out. Oh, is that the Murakami? That is the Murakami short story adaptation. Okay. Yeah. I believe yeah. I wanna say March second, which um will be out by the time we record and, and of course by the time the next week's episode is out for sure. So uh yeah. I'm wondering if I should read the story oh interesting as well that might be worthwhile i might consider that as yeah. well yeah yeah i think that sounds like a plan then cool okay um do we want to get into some bullshit i mean what else do we do <laughs> all right so let's fucking do it all right uh it's did it all for the moogle i got some fucking jrpg shit to talk about um so last week uh Square Enix held uh, the live letter uh, for Final Fantasy XIV, uh, talking about the next 10 years of Final Fantasy XIV, um, because uh, the new expansion just came out, and uh, it's sort of, there have been 11 years of uh, Final Fantasy XIV, and like 10 years of A Realm Reborn. Um and so they're looking at the next 10 years of the game. Uh, so they held a big presentation for this. Um, and going into this, we all kind of had basically no idea what they were going to talk about at all, which is pretty strange because normally um, we know their uh, patch cycles and we know like the content release and like what what everything is going to contain, even like what the presentations are going to contain, like they say ahead of time what they're going to talk about, like to a T. So like we know what to expect pretty much all the time. Right. And this is a big exception where we had basically no idea. Um, and so much so that people were still confused and thought that this was the presentation for the next patch still. Um, so this was just like this big, big thing. Uh, and what they covered, for the most part, um, they talked about uh, having the first graphical overhaul of the game that has that they've ever done, um, and how they're going to be preparing that for the uh, for the next expansion for 7.0, uh, which won't be for like another year and a half now. Um, well, I guess a little more than that. But um, is it usually that kind of the, that long in between? Uh, two years, two years between expansions. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so they're prepping for that. Um, an interesting thing was that, uh, they are not abandoning PlayStation 4 support for the game for at least the next expansion, which I thought they might. I mean, that makes sense though, right? Cause it's still hard to get next gen consoles and, and the PS4 has such a large player base. Yes. Yes. Which was the reasons that they gave yeah. was basically that it's hard to get a PS5. Like if I wanted so. to jump into this game now, that would be my only option. Right. Yeah. Because it's not on Xbox and, and know, I don't have a good um, enough PC for it. it so yeah, exactly. Um, and so they, they showed um, some screenshots of uh, their um, graphical update testing. And they said that they're, they're basically only a month into doing testing for this. Mm -hmm. um, and usually they don't let, us in on stuff that is this early uh so that that was pretty surprising that they're even talking about this I, to me i get the sense that they're pretty excited about it uh the, the fact that they're showing anything this early 
Um, so they're updating character models, uh, improved lighting, um, textures, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they're also going to try to optimize PlayStation, which is something that they really haven't done before, uh, to try to improve frame rates and make it run better and also be able to handle these uh, updated uh, graphics, um, which would be very welcome because basically the PS4 is what's holding things back, mm -hmm. even though they won't say that. Um, but I mean, it is right. Cause it's going to be 10 year old hardware coming up. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, they also talked about uh, plans for uh, future content and content that's coming in this expansion. Um, and uh, one thing that's a bummer is that uh, they're adjusting the future patch cycles. And so what happens now is that we get a major patch every three and a half months. And so now we're going to get a major patch every four months. And this kind of sucks because as it is right now, the game has huge content lulls mm -hmm. uh, very frequently. And like the expansion just came out in December and there's already nothing to do. Like there hasn't been anything to do for like over a month. Um, and so now those droughts are only going to get longer. And like they explained, it's only going to be two weeks of an extension but that's still a longer wait. And of course, I think there's going to be delays with that. Um, it, it, it's just it's just frustrating, especially because uh, for the most part, they have pared away a lot of basic content um, for, I, I'm not going to say like temporary or unnecessary things, but um, the resources are being d diverted away from, uh, I would say like evergreen content for things that don't impact long-term players. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is like their big push for this thing was that like their goal for the future 10 years was to make the game more soloable. I saw that. I saw that sort of like statement coming out of this and that sounded interesting to me. Yes. So what they're going to be doing and implementing uh, currently, like in, in between the patches for this expansion all the way up until the next expansion and through the next expansion are um, making all of the story dungeons from the from the A Realm Reborn and the old expansions uh, able to be like done solo, um, and so the, it, it's currently called the trust system, and so it basically means you go in with an NPC party, oh. um, and because they implemented a system like this for Shadowbringers, the previous expansion, and they implemented it for uh, Endwalker, the current expansion. Um, and so they're retrofitting this system for the old dungeons. Um, and on the one hand, this is nice because this allows people that wouldn't normally play MMOs and would like to play a numbered Final Fantasy able to play the game, play the story. Um, on the other hand, this is diverting a lot of resources away from making new content. Yeah, because you've already experienced all this um, stuff. Yes. And it's it's putting a focus on old content that is still able to be played. Um, and they're kind of reworking some of this old content that uh, if you've played the game for uh, even a few months, you're already sick of those old dungeons that you get in a roulette. Mm -hmm. um, the one nice thing is that there are two um, what we call MSQ roulette dungeons that uh, everybody fucking hates because they're like they each take an hour long each 
and they made it so you can't skip any of the cutscenes. Um, that's not great. Yes, because previously you could skip the cutscenes. So if somebody was new and they wanted to see the cutscenes, everybody would finish the dungeon by the time they would even be out of the first cutscene. Um, and so they said, oh, well, this isn't fair. So now you can't skip the cutscenes. Wow. Um, and so then nobody would queue for them. So then they increased the rewards for people to do it. So you would get a massive, you get a ton of XP for doing these dungeons. Um, so now they're reworking those completely. Now they're instead of being, uh, they're the only uh, eight person dungeons in the game. They're the only ones. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to uh, change them completely to be four-person dungeons. Um, and now the MSQ roulette that gives a ton of XP does not ex it's not going to exist anymore. Um, I say thank God. I hate I hate, I don't do that. I, I it's to me it's a waste of time. I don't even care that it gives so much XP. I hate sitting through that shit. Um, so so there's there's good things about this, but I just I feel like it's prioritizing like enticing new players that might not stick around when the game is already more popular than it's ever been yeah it just like absolutely exploded last year in yeah. popularity and so this is like laying the foundation for eventually putting the game into maintenance mode whenever it's not going to be updated anymore they're not they're not admitting that but that's what the truth is because uh, that's what happened with Final Fantasy Eleven. Well, isn't it isn't it kind of weird to have that going on and then also announce like the next ten years? Y to me, it is. To me, it is. Yeah. Um. Seems a little like contradictory. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, that's what they said. Like they wanted one of their goals to be for the next ten years is to make the game a great RPG experience, solo or with friends. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, all right. Like I can understand. I I, I think that the trusts were very popular um and i'm sure they have data for that uh but like i use the trust the first time i go through the story and then that's pretty much it because the trusts are designed to be slower than going through with real people like they do less damage they just take slower they walk slower the whole the whole thing it just takes longer to do the dungeon sure. um so i don't I, I'm I'm I see I see the point, but I I'm of two minds of it. I I do think it's kind of a waste, and the fact that they're like they were going through the the patch like what the content of the patches for this expansion and what's going to be in it, and like they're saying which dungeons are going to get support for this, like as if it's like actual content in the patch, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And it's like this isn't this isn't this isn't content. This isn't anything new. This is just like system updates that you're doing in the background that are kind of taking away from like new shit to do. And now you're taking longer in between patches so you can do this shit. Um, and it's like the graphical update I'm all for. That's something that benefits absolutely everybody. Um, like th that's a no brainer. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a waste and I feel like that is something that can wait until the game is, in maintenance mode and it, it feels like it's something to draw in more of an audience when they don't need to draw in more of an audience right now um yeah the game literally just became available again for free trials right because it was so overwhelmed yeah yeah so um but at the same time like there's there's going to be some other interesting content there's like going to be a new dungeon system um that's supposed to be like some kind of challenging dungeon system um that you can do solo or up to four people that is different from a different like dungeon system than we've had previously. They didn't give any details about that. 
Um, we're getting a second ultimate difficulty uh, raid, which uh, we didn't think we were going to get. So there's that. Um, it's just, I, I feel like they can do more now, especially that they have like the ridiculous like sales numbers and sub numbers that are coming mm -hmm. in. Um, so ho hopefully 7.0 now we can like scale up the like actual content in the game rather than, you know, just kind of doling things out, like just piecemeal. Right. Because it's like four months, like you, you, you can do all the patch content in a week and then you have nothing to do for four months. Because um, like, like, so there's the raid uh, and then once you're done with the raid, you don't see like, so the, the 6.0 raid... Uh, and then you don't get another raid until 6.2. So the patch we're looking forward to right now is 6.1. And that's not happening until April. So four months from April is what? Uh, May, June, July, August. So the next raid won't be until August at the earliest. So <laughs> that's like, other than that, all the other patch content you can do in like a week. Like the only evergreen content is battle content. And they're doing less and less mm -hmm. of it. Well, this is interesting. This is interesting because you posed the question in the show notes of how many MMOs is too many. Yes. Which makes me think that your sort of uh, dissatisfaction with the current state of this game has led you elsewhere. Yes. So I've, I've told you this and uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the show, but um, so I picked up playing Runes, old school RuneScape again. Originally, whenever Final Fantasy had cues going on, for the expansion launch. Right. I actually thought um, you were going to say Lost Ark because that seems to be what everybody's playing right now. We can get there. Oh, all right. Okay. So, so <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so I started playing Old School RuneScape originally whenever they, uh, whenever I was stuck in queue for Final Fantasy 14 and I could just AFK something while monitoring my queue. Um, then Old School RuneScape came out with uh, the Leagues, which was a temporary game mode where EXP rates were increased by a ridiculous amount, and they had this cool, um, I forget what it's, it's not the rune system, but it's like, you get, you get drops that, like, give you perks, basically, and, uh, it just really mixed up the gameplay, and it was pretty fun, um, but that's a temporary game mode, right, uh, and I've kind of fallen off of that while some other games are coming out and things like that. Then Lost Ark comes out. Uh, I originally had, like, no interest in it, um, Mostly because I thought it was like a weird Diablo clone where you like pick a character and then you're stuck with that character. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that it was a full MMO. And also I didn't think that it had controller support. Then some of my raid group was trying it out and they were trying to be like, oh, yeah, you know, are you going to try it? I'm like, I, no, I don't really think so. Doesn't look like my kind of game. Um, and then I found out that it like. Lost Ark is incredibly, incredibly pay to win. Like you can just pay money and get the raid gear and skip like all the content for the raids, basically. Um, and it's like that sounds really lame to sure, me. Sure, yeah. Um, but then I found out it does have controller support, so I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> that's all you needed, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, so so then I downloaded it and then I let it sit for a couple weeks. Um, and then the, those, uh, raid people asked again if I was going to try it and I'm like, you know, yeah, all right. Um, so last weekend, uh, I tried it. Um, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, the combat is fun. Uh, the controller controls are absolutely dog shit. Absolutely dog shit. Um, they totally did not make it with controller in mind whatsoever. Um, which is the complete opposite of 14 where they made a controller scheme that not only works, but is 
just as functional as keyboard and mouse. Um, that is not the case with Lost Ark. So I, I know this game is like made by Amazon, right? No, it is published by oh. Amazon. Published by Amazon. Where are you actually playing it though? Is it on like Steam, it's on Steam. or is it on like there? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. It's uh, originally a Korean game, um, and Korean mm-hmm. MMOs are known for being incredibly grindy and incredibly pay to win to get away from the grind. Um, Amazon has apparently lessened some of the grind, but it is still uh, an extremely grindy pay to win game. Um, and so basically, what it boils down to is, if I was to play that with any degree of seriousness i would have to switch to keyboard and mouse uh just because the controls are so bad um because even though like you're moving like because otherwise it's like click to move and i fucking hate click to move games um yeah it's just too much clicking i I hate like uh and so like with a controller you get to move with the left stick but you still have to move a cursor with the right stick instead of it being an actual like like they should have just basically stolen diablo 3's control scheme and they didn't do that um, mm-hmm. because Diablo three controls better with a controller than it does with keyboard and mouse. Um, and I can say that because I used to play Diablo three with a keyboard and mouse. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really bad on controller. Um, and like, cause you still have to click things with the controller instead of like, just like pressing X to interact with things. And sometimes it changes, which like you can either left click or right click, but like depending on what you're interacting with, you have to change which one you click with. And there's no rhyme or reason whether something is a right click interact or a left click interact. Um, and basically every menu is unusable with the controller. You have to use a mouse. Like, so I have to like take my hand off the controller and open the menu with the mouse anyway. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's no good. So it's like, I would just, I should just play with this with keyboard and mouse. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's unusable with, keyboard and mouse or i mean controller um but the combat's pretty fun uh in the early going um you're basically just like speed running quests um there are a few dungeons the dungeons are pretty fun uh you get some flashy abilities um classes are gender locked which i think is really stupid uh i don't know why that's a thing um so like I'm playing, what do you mean by that? So like, uh, if you're playing a female character, uh, you only have access to certain classes. If you're playing a male player character, you only have access to a different set of classes. I don't know if I, I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's really dumb. Uh, so like, I wanted to play mage, and mages are only female. Um, yeah. Which I don't have a problem with. I play a female character in fourteen. I just mm-hmm. think that it's dumb that like a female character can't play like like the warrior or whatever class. I like, think we should get rid of the gender binary in all creative class modes or character modes. yeah yeah but it's like it's like such a holdover from you know this being a korean game from uh like seven years ago right like is it's it like yeah oh um, i didn't know that yeah so it, like amazon d- like didn't change any of the gameplay like they just lessened the grind to some stuff apparently um other than that it's just they just published this game now um but people are kind of starved for MMO-ish gameplay. Um, and so, like, yeah, the early going is just, like, nothing but turning in quests. Uh, I was skipping the story. The story is apparently terrible, like, just, like, nonsensical fantasy bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, the graphics are okay. Uh, but And uh, I don't know if, it, like, as you get higher level, if it changes, but um, you just, like, spam all your abilities, like, on cooldown. There's not really much thought to it. And that's fine. It's kind of fun to just like blow shit up. Like, so I'm playing Sorceress and so I'm just like blowing shit up. Um, it's, and it's kind of fun, you know? Um, so like, I, I don't think it would be bad for like casual, you know, just like fucking around every so often. Um, 
So that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, like people are going like way too hard on it, you know, cause like they're going to hit a wall where like they have to pay to win. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they want to do the raid content. Um, and I've seen gameplay of the raids. The raids look pretty cool. Uh, they look kind of similar to 14 raids, but, um, it's apparently extremely pay to win. So like, unless you get the drops you want, like you're locked out for that week and cannot do the raids or any of the high level content, or you could pay to win and then you can do the raids. <laughs> Like yeah, it's, that, it's like that bad. And that's that's not fun. That's exploitative. Sure. So, of course. Um. So, yeah, I, like I generally don't know if I'll even have the time to play it again. And I don't really know if I have that much of a desire to play it again. Um. Like if somebody's like, hey, you know, we're like we're going to hop on. I'm like, oh, yeah, OK. You know, like I got an hour or two to burn. Like but other than that, you know, I don't really have that draw to it. Yeah, it was a well-timed release to to get those uh, Final Fantasy players with nothing. Yeah, to do. it really was. Yeah, um, and Amazon is just kind of lucky as shit. Like, I don't know how long it's gonna last, but like, they're lucky that their other game like died immediately. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, and th- and then like I'm, I have like you know like this 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 lack all of a sudden, and then the Destiny Two expansion came out, and I'm like, should I pick that up? <laughs> should I pick that up instead? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. I took a, a chance on a video game this week. Um, yeah, I purchased Elden mm, Ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for you know, I um, I've told you this. I am really bad at those like Soulsborne from software games. Yeah. I've never really gotten too deep into one of them because I've just been very frustrated after like a few hours. Mm-hmm. But this looks so cool, you know. Yeah. Um, so I bought it sort of impulsively, and and I it just came out today. So I've I've only um, I've only played a little while before we before we started recording today. But uh, I, I want to give it a real chance because the open world stuff looks looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, my copy is coming some point today. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. So so I'm gonna try and and really stick with it. Um, and maybe hopefully next week I'll, I'll have something to say nice. about it. Yeah. Yeah. My my feelings about uh. Souls games is um, I find the Souls ones to be really clunky, but mm-hmm. I fucking love Bloodborne so much. Well, mechanically, this feels very much like Bloodborne. Does so it? Far. Yes, oh, from what I've God. played of Bloodborne, okay. it's very, very um, responsive and fast. Okay, yeah, I fucking love Bloodborne so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you'll Bloodborne be disappointed so there. Yeah. Okay. Good. But time will tell, yeah. though. Because I wanted to, because I picked up Demon Souls whenever I got the PS5. Right. You know, just paid that seventy dollars disappointment. <laughs> because, because I knew, because I knew I wouldn't get far. Because that's just that's just Dark Souls, but older, so it's going to be more clunky. Sure. Um, yeah. And that that looks that game looks that's the best looking game I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. bar none, it's the graphically that's the best looking game I've ever played. Um, but I'm I'm really bad at it. I I I don't like using shields. I I it feels so clunky. Like that game doesn't even have like plunging attacks. Like whenever you drop off a cliff onto an enemy, you know. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just really. So then I looked up like guides and it's like, oh yeah, how to get overpowered early. And so like there's a cheese strat for the first area where um you basically lure this like mini boss guy that doesn't even have like a boss health bar. Um, you're not supposed to fight him until the end of the game, and you're supposed to lure him like to a cliff. And you keep punching him. You have to lure him a set distance to where his aggro range stops and he doesn't attack you. And you have to keep punching him 
until you knock him over a cliff and then he <laughs> dies and then he drops like the best armor and weapon in the game. Oh man. And so, and so I'm like, oh, that sounds great. I can do this and then I'll like can one shot things and then I can just kind of like experience the world, shit. just experience the game, see some shit, you know, maybe I won't even finish, but like, I'll just see more of the game than I normally would have. Um, and I can't do it. Oh. I can't do the cheese. I can't, like I'll get I finally got it to a point where I can get him far enough to where he doesn't attack me. But then I keep punching him and then he just walks around me and so then like I try to get in front of him to block him from walking back and like he's just too quick and I keep hitting him and then it, I just can't and then he resets and then he kills me. So like See <laughs> this is I can't do it. This is like, so the frustrating. Is harder than just playing the game. This is so frustrating because it's like this this could be solved by just having um, like an accessibility option with like an easy yeah. mode. And it like wouldn't take away from the main experience because you can just ignore that completely. Yeah. You know, like I've never understood like, yeah, that. Like, like I know the appeal of these games is that they're difficult and they're skill based and all that. But it's like, why not have that other option for people that, that want that? It's like, you yeah, know? you could even disable my trophies. Like I don't earn trophies for the bosses I kill or whatever, right. but it's like. I'd like to see more of the game, mm -hmm. um, you know, and like I made it, I made it pretty far whenever I originally played Dark Souls on the 360, right? I just didn't like the gameplay. I, I just find it really, really clunky um, and it wasn't responsive on the 360. Um, but man, do I fucking love Bloodborne. I have sort of Holy a basic fuck. question that really shows my lack of knowledge about this whole uh, From Software series. So mm -hmm. any of the previous games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, did they have like magic abilities and stuff where you, you can like wield like, I don't know, incantations and stuff? Uh, Souls games definitely do. Uh, Bloodborne is slightly more complicated where yes, but they're more esoteric and um, not as straightforward as the Souls games where mm -hmm. you just like cast spells. Um yeah, because yeah, so like, I that's the direction I'm I'm going in. I chose the astrologer um class ooh. in in Elden Ring because it sounded really ooh. cool. And so I think I'm gonna really focus on the magic side of things because that seems really yeah, fun. Yeah. Cause I, that's what I did for Demon Souls, because it's apparently like overpowered in Demon Souls. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't get I didn't get to that part where it gets overpowered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um but yeah, because like uh, in Dark Souls, you can start as like a pyromancer and so then you have fire magic like immediately. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll have to see um, where I get with this. I, I feel like the open world is going to be a benefit for me because it's like if I get stuck at a boss in like Bloodborne or whatever, I have really no choice but to just keep trying. But if I get stuck mm -hmm. somewhere it, like on a quest in this game, well, I can just like go in a different direction. Right. And try something else and maybe build up my character and come back later on. Yeah. So that that might be a big difference maker uh, for me. I mean, that's the only thing with Bloodborne and Souls is... Um, Rather than like going to explore the open world, you just kind of grind on a set path of enemies. Yeah, the same up. ones over and over, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the that's what you can do to sort of overcome some shit. Mm -hmm. um, but I never found the need to do that in Bloodborne. Um, Souls, I always felt like I was hitting a wall. But right. yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on that. Yeah, it looks um, really cool. I do have one more thing I wanted to bring up uh, while we're in the weeb segment. Uh, so Atlas. Uh, and this week announced uh, Soul Hackers 2. And this is a sequel to the Sega Saturn game, uh, Devil Summoner Soul Hackers, from 1997. It really doesn't get more niche than, than this here, <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> it, yeah, uh, it's coming to both PlayStations, uh, all the Xboxes, and PC. Um, and it's coming out in August. Uh, 
and I think I might have caused this. Or at least uh, helped. Okay. I might have helped. Um, because uh, Atlas does like yearly surveys and shit uh, that you can do. And for years, for years, I have been uh, putting on my survey to please bring back soul hackers. <laughs> oh, so, that's great. So I may have helped cause this. Um, because, uh, soul hackers is cyberpunk SMT. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it, it is. It is so fucking cool. And the one that came out, the original one was in 97. So it was 90s cyberpunk SMT mm-hmm. and it, the world is so cool. The story was so cool. Um, cause there was a 3ds remake that came out in 2013. Um, it's one of my favorite SMT games. Uh, the, the combat wasn't very good because it was before they developed the press turn system, so it's just kind of standard turn-based combat. Um, but the world is so cool. Uh, the characters are cool. Um, just the whole vibe of it. Uh, you're living in this, you know, 90s future cyberpunk city, um, but then you have the SMT demons and shit. Uh, and there's like a, there's a virtual Matrix world, you know. It's like, it's just really cool. Um and this one's coming to PS5. It's like, yes, fucking, uh, like they did this like uh, few day teaser campaign thing. Um, and I'm thinking it's like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna tease this for you know a few months and then say it's coming out next year, right? Uh, but no, <laughs> this kind of came out of nowhere and it's coming out in August. Um, so yeah, I feel very alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like, I feel like Xbox has sort of a um is sort of behind when it comes to Japanese titles. Like there just aren't as many on on that uh platform as as like PlayStation. Yeah, it's pretty surprising it's coming to Xbox. Um I think it's more surprising that it's not coming to Switch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the art looks really good. It's got this cool cell shaded uh vibe to it. Um so it's it's unique. It doesn't look like SMT5. It doesn't look like Persona. Uh I'm I'm so excited for this. I can't wait. I, hopefully, there's going to be a collector's edition because I'll just give Atlas more of my fucking money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looks really cool. Oh, there's a there's a female protagonist, um, which hasn't been the case in a mainline SMT uh, since If, and that was a choice, and that game was never localized. Um, so yeah, this might be the first female protagonist since God Persona Two. Oh, so wow. yeah, it looks so cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for that. Uh, so yeah, that's soul hackers. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Sounds great. Okay. Um, so previously we had a little segment that, uh, the working title was, uh, something like what stupid shit is Bill fascinated by? Mm -hmm. Um, so I've reworked that a little bit. Um, and right now I'm calling it, uh, let's see here. Um, hold on. Mountains of Madness. I thought the uh, the Undertaker had invaded our uh, podcast for a second. There. Is it is it is it too dramatic? No, I think it's appropriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> trying to trying to up the production quality just a little bit. So that the um, voiceover you just did that in real time. Yes, yes, I did. That wasn't recorded. No, I. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm trying to finally use all my buttons. Nice. Um, so yeah, so like you could say that uh, this this podcast is sort of uh, a real time look and a charting of my descent into schizophrenia. You know, uh, as we've seen in some of my other ramblings about uh, C.G. Young and um, 
you know. Yeah, whatever. and I, I'm just a I'm just a spectator to this whole yeah this whole yeah. downfall. <laughs> you know, just the whole. It's like it's like watching a very slow car crash, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, uh, I found this guy on Twitter that says that the Legend of Zelda mirrors the Sephiroth in the Path of the Tarot. Um, <laughs> and you're like, can we be best friends? <laughs> well, first of all, I was like, oh, what is this crazy shit? Then I started reading it. <laughs> <laughs> then I started reading it. Okay. Oh, no. So, uh, this is from, uh, a user by the name of Mark Valen on Twitter. Uh, please don't bother him, but, uh. You might want to check out <laughs> check out his work. Um, and he says, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is an exegesis of archetypes in history following the illumination of the spirit through a series of hermetic rituals that harmonize and revivify both micro and macrocosm. <laughs> Terra configurations on the Tree of Life will help decipher the story. The number of correspondences will suggest the people who wrote the story and worked on the game were very familiar with perennial philosophy. And then he um, has a photograph of the Tree of Life and then tarot cards arranged around it. And I don't quite see the connection yet. And then he also includes just two tarot cards. I'm not sure which ones these are because they're in Latin. I don't know what... Okay. Syncretic hermeneutics allow one to unveil and contextualize the symbolic portrayal of the tripartite forces. Zelda, the reincarnation of Hylia embodies the principle of wisdom, Pistis Sophia, the the supernal triad, crown, wisdom, and understanding must be redeemed to save Hyrule. The image of priestess and empress correspond with their position on the tree of life in paths 13 and 14 respectively. We can see the light of the goddess slash princess reflected upon the surface of the waters above. Passing through the door, she ascends via dot. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So... (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, so the main, pl- okay, this is, I'm going to, I'm stopped reading right now because the, um, the main pay- playable area in SMT five is called dot. Uh huh. <laughs> um, mm, okay. So this might be, and also, uh, the character that, um, does your uh, demon fusion is called Sophia, which is the um, a Gnostic um, character, basically, uh, and is the the Greek word for wisdom or, you know, usually it's usually wisdom. Um, all right. So then I'm going to continue here. Uh, the third Sephira, Bina slash understanding, is a symbol of the matron. She is a dark, sterile mother and the bright and the bright, fertile mother, Mara. The great sea embodied by the Vesica Piscis and the Chalice. Priestess of the Silver Star, she is Gimel, traveling across the abyss. Zelda, whose name begins with the last letter of the alphabet and ends with the first, is the mother who initiates the cycle of birth and death. She represents the sacred magic that spirit aspires toward. Ishtar Demeter, the well and the door from which creative nature flows. Ganon is representative of Yaldabaoth, the demiurge Abraxas who guards Sophia. He embodies the Triforce of Power. Din's fire is the primordial emanation in this sign. Okay, okay. See, I'm um, just, I'm just tempted to be like, it's not that deep, bro. The, the problem here, like, I can't speak the Zelda shit, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know the lore. I don't sure. know the whatever. I mean, playing Breath of the Wild made me think there wasn't much lore, but I, I might get in trouble for saying so. That. 
Gyaldabaoth is the um, antagonist of Persona 5. Uh-huh. <laughs> because that is the um, the Gnostic uh, uh, creator god, who is actually the false god, um, who is a uh, deceiver and trickster. Mm. Um, who we usually know as the, um, the God of the Bible. Um, but that is not the true, um, like monad or the one God, the, uh, the actual, uh, ineffable one. Um, so <laughs> this, this, this thread, even though it sounds like the, uh, ravings of a lunatic, uh, is hitting. I'm glad you're acknowledging to- that. <laughs> It's hitting home for me. Okay. Because this is essentially what part of my persona analysis is, is, but I, but like, he's not really explaining anything. He's just kind of saying shit. Um, and he continues. Ah, the king is dead and the sun is set. Oh oh no. (laughs) Gabura, the reflected emanation of the Saturine Bina is the God of war and disorder. The Typhonic beast is Lord of the red land. He is the catabolic force, the active pharmacos, and God's judgment upon the kingdom. This manifestation manifestation takes on many qualities of Ariman slash Angramanu, um, which is I forget. Oh, oh God, I, I've Ariman is basically a um, shit. I could like pull up my notes. Oh Christ! <laughs> is like an ancient um, like form of the devil i think uh matter comes to dominate spirit blight spreads over the elements and comes to possess the technique of the kingdom anthroposophy describes it as science oriented hereditary and materialist here we can see the similarity similarities to urizen the geometer of the world okay urizen is um isn't that the fucking blake shit don't ask me any questions in this segment. I have no idea. By the way, how many... Um, yes, in the mythology of William Blake, Urzen is the embodiment of conventional reason and law. He's usually depicted as a bearded old man. He sometimes bears architect's tools to create and uh, constrain the universe. Uh, well, I'm glad yeah. we cleared that up. But um, See, I, wh- uh, how many tweets... Like, this is a Twitter thread? Mm-hmm, how many yeah. tweets deep are we here? <laughs> About half. Uh, okay. Here we see the similes to Urzen, the geomater of the world. Ganon adopts a Lovecraftian arachnid from ensnaring and controlling the kingdom. The emphasis on the pillar of severity in Saturn's harvest with destruction works in lockstep. Kamal, burn, the burner god and the guardian to Eden, is assigned to Gaburah. The throat chakra and the martial symbol of the sword are used to expel the couple from the garden. The world is carved into pieces and sinks beneath the water's surface. Exhalation of breath. But something stirs at the nadir of this antithetical movement. A spiritual awakening seeks to link and unify the worlds. With enough I heard, courage, I heard Link in there. Yeah, yeah, he capitalized it too. Oh, the pillars of severity, <laughs> the pillars of severity and mercy can be balanced, and the three triads reintegrated. The sun begins to rise. The breath of the wild begins to blow across the kingdom to cleanse oh, and poetic. liberate it. Yeah, from a corrupted, domineering, and destructive force. This acts. This act of respiration resurrects the macrocosm, and he has a picture of Jesus here. I'm not. I don't get the connection actually. Uh, before he can confront and exercise the blight plaguing this, his country, Link must conquer the elements of the four corners of Hyrule. To bolster his spirit and light up the kingdom, he must travel ab- to above to survey the land and below to test himself and integrate the magical triangle. Of course. The world must be brought back into spiritual harmony. The Hierophant, fifth card of the tarot, emphasizes this process. 
Both depictions offer a plenitude of emblematic insights. The resurrection chamber of Lincoln Gannon's Heart of Darkness in the throne room validate this portrayal. Severity stimulates prayer, and it is mercy which blesses. Red blood bears the vivifying benediction of oxygen. Blue blood rids the organism of the severity of carbonic acid. Okay, maybe I'll scroll down. After filling 13 hearts, Link attains a level of mastery. The sword is the 14th piece that warts off death and breathes life back into the kingdom. Illuminated, he is ready to face his adversary in bestial nature. Wisdom, power, and courage intersect as they have over the ages. Existence is corrupted by power and desire, but requires a pure heart, spiritual enlightenment, and fortitude to bring the balance back. The world is purified within and without. Okay. I mean, kind of how it ends. I, I mean, it's a children's video game. <laughs> um, so this, this frightens me. Um, yeah, it frightens in, me too. Maybe for a different in, reason. No, it frightens me in that I'm worried that I will become this. Oh, oh I see. I because see. this is this is too close to home. Um, You've and, got that unpublished persona piece that nobody is nobody is. Yes, and the 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 problem is that well, this dude doesn't explain anything. He thinks he's like making grand statements or something, mm -hmm. but it's un, it's un it's unintelligible. Do we think that the Twitter thread was the proper medium for this uh, this uh, th uh, think piece here, or whatever you um, want to call it? I mean, if he put it into paragraphs, I don't think it would have helped. <laughs> okay. um, what are the replies like? Let's see. I love Twitter schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. um, I joke, quote, retweeted this, but this is dope. Twitter fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> please repent from the works of darkness and go to the Lord Jesus, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, the awesome master of the universe who was rejected by these builders cool 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 um yeah so this 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 worries me um because <laughs> because i don't want to become this like a raving lunatic you know and i feel like i'm a bad day away <laughs> from <laughs> from just saying that um you know that like if, if somebody if some if i finally published that article and like i i look like this well, okay, so for one, and now I haven't read it, but I do know your writing style, and I think you are much, uh, you, ha you have stronger writing capabilities. Um, so on that end, I think it'll be, you know, yeah. easier to comprehend. And and I do think that you're dealing with, you know, no offense to, um, to, to Zelda or any of that, it's a very successful franchise and all that i think you're dealing with a, a richer text um yes and i think the uh, the the parallels that you're drawing and the inspirations and all that they make more sense uh at least to me somebody who generally has no idea what is going on here um so i don't i don't think you're you're reaching this point. yeah the persona literally name drops the aldabaoth like He's he's drawing parallels to these concepts, right? Whereas right. Persona directly deals with them. Yeah, you're talking about where they've yeah where this stuff derives from, where where the inspiration for the the characters and the you know the names and all that came from. So, um, I do at one point I do call Morgana the cat a Christ figure. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, which. I mean, I do back it up, but okay. Here's here's another thing that scares me. I would worship Morgana. Yeah. Um. Here's another thing that scares me. This guy's profile, his description. It says, "Finding signal in the noise." Now, if you remember, a few weeks ago, I had something in the show notes about uh something that I called the Signal to Noise Project. Oh no. <laughs> so, 
So, um, I don't know what to make of that quite. Is there a case to be made uh, for maybe taking a step back uh, from the close reading of these video games and maybe just sort of enjoying them for what they are on this on the you know what's presented? Yeah, I mean that's what if, most people do. Yeah, it's what most the, people the only, do. Yeah, but my my issue and the reason why I was originally doing all this fucking bizarro occultic research for the piece was that I thought that people were saying that uh, Persona Five story was dog shit. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think it's genius. So you're defending so, a, a take, whereas this person is just seemingly out of nowhere come up with all these uh, yeah. these, these parallels, uh, un- unprovoked, okay. unprovoked. Their pinned tweet. Okay, I didn't read this before. Their pinned tweet: "Death Stranding is a metacognitive programming allegory about the death and rebirth of America, seen through a Gnostic lens. USA liquidation and financial offshoring has led to hashtag Build Back Better smart cities administered by private contractors using NatSec blockchain platforms." Thread. What the fuck? Yeah, you're not there yet. I feel yet. like I'm just an aneurysm away. I mean, I can try and, and let you know me. if you sort of yeah. uh, breach the uh, the threshold here. Um, yeah. Oh shit! There's Epstein. Oh God! Should we move on? And then, and should, then should there's, we, what, there's there's fucking. I've got some TikToks. Fucking, I've got some TikToks that I want to show. The Walking Dead. Who's that dude? Who's that idiot? What Andrew Lincoln? No, no, no. The, the one from Death Stranding. The oh Norman Reedus. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I think we should move. Oh on. Oh my God! There's something about Amelie. <laughs> The, uh, the, the French film? Amelie is the scarlet woman of Babylon whose herald is death. She raises a new bridge for humanity, not unlike the star child of the space odyssey. Wait, are we, th- are we thinking of the same thing here? Are you talking about the, the film, right? I assume. Yeah, no, that's, this person's just making stuff And there's up. Guillermo del Toro. Uh-huh. Because he was in Death Stranding, because of course he was. Yes. In the inverted metaverse, people will be used to power crypto mining solutions. And there's Ready Player One, fuck yes. Okay, it's time to move on. We're moving on. Oh my on. god. Oh my god. Logan's run. I'm excited about these TikToks. Uh, we have a new segment. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a new segment. Um, okay, sorry. I gotta like shake the... Whew. All right. Uh, yeah, we got a new segment. Uh, Mad Watch. Uh, let me do a little thing here. That should do it. <laughs> Look at that! Fantastic. All right. Uh, yeah, so Mad Watch, uh, you're going to show us some TikToks here. But you have something as well. Yes. I just played it. Oh, that was the vi- oh, that was the thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you want to do screen share and then I'll send you the sure. Okay. Yeah. So no, I have some TikToks here, just some stuff because uh, you know I'm on, I'm on TikTok quite mm-hmm. a bit. And I know you are very much not. Right. Um, so I thought, famously not. Uh, you have a hard stance on on that. Um, so I thought I would bring some some interesting uh, TikToks that I've I've come across in the past week and and share them on the show. There's really nothing else to it but that. Um, and so these will work for audio. audio. Yes, that was the that was the main thing in selecting these was that they work for audio. Okay. Um, so yeah, the first one, I, I'm a little bit late, uh, on, on a holiday that just happened here, but, uh, I thought this was pretty good. It's from Jay Jordan. He's like a, a late night, uh, comedy writer. Happy President's Day or whatever, but don't ever forget that 12 U.S. presidents owned slaves. That is 26%. And that is why 
we are offering you 26% off this Monday only at Mattress Firm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Did mm-hmm. you see the um the thing yesterday, the CNN thing? Um, no. Uh, let me see. If, please have the video. Oh, here we go. So yesterday, um, CNN was playing some footage of the air raid sirens. Oh, this is the commercial that that. Go- uh, yeah, I saw this. This is great. Going off. I mean, it's it's horrible, but it's yeah. You know. uh, air raid sirens going out in Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, and then they uh, cut. Hell yeah, dude. It's even worse because it's that um, it's not just a regular commercial. It's one of those picture in picture commercials where you still have the air yep. raid going on in a smaller screen while the Applebee's commercial is happening. Yep. It's it's, like it's rough. It's a fucking Super Bowl, man. Hell this yeah. is this is like end times mm-hmm. here. <laughs> this is just this is brutal. The bombs are dropping. We got to sell these fucking chicken freighters. Oh, man. Applebee's on a date night, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, speaking of, of of date night, I do have a few uh, TikToks here that would fit under the category of dating is dead, but I kind of lumped them in here. Um, it so doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't um, matter. So I, I came across this one. I don't know how this ended up on my For You page, but this is a compilation of old Christian, like Christian uh, dating videos. Um, you'll, you'll just have to listen to it here. It's from at Grimy Ghost. And the reason especially that I chose this is because there's a surprise piece of attire that one of the uh, one of the people is wearing in this that you'll appreciate. Guys and girls are different. We know guys and girls are different. They're just different completely. No doubt about it. Guys and girls are different. It's not that guys don't have emotions. They'd rather go punch something. He doesn't understand because I'm a girl and he doesn't understand. You know how all the guys like sag and stuff? The other day I told him, you know, pull up your pants. Whoa. This is very cool. A lot changes when you go into the dating thing. We met on a blind date, and I couldn't stand him. So you want to impress a girl? Right. <laughs> if we were at McDonald's, you'd be McGorgeous. <laughs> uh-uh. These hormones make you want to have sex all the time. They got the testosterone factory working overtime, and a girl touches him, and they start thinking one thing. Oh, good. Great. Be very careful about the way you use touch in a relationship. He's always real comfortable looking, and I'm not. Here's a radical idea. Try just being brave. Can all that lovey-dovey stuff. Just be yourself. (laughs) Guys and... (laughs) He said hormones. It sounded like he said homos. It's That would have been a Freudian slip. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on there, but did you see the Mario Lemieux jersey? Yeah, yeah. The classic. The diagonal, the Snoop Dogg diagonal. It's back in trends. It looks yeah. like their third jersey now. But yeah, that I thought that was... Uh, that was something. Um, careful, girls, uh, about the way you use touch because it just it, it'll drive it'll it'll cause those hormones to erupt and, and you never Guys know what will happen. Punch something. Yeah, I just want to punch something. Um, anyway, to to pivot hard off of that, uh, there's a very good feminist writer <laughs> slash uh, commentator on TikTok. Uh, uh, username is Perks of Being HC. Um, and I saw this one and and because you've talked about um. How you are on uh, OkCupid, and you sort of think that's one of the better platforms for for online dating. 
Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is a really good point here made by this, uh, this TikToker. I'm not going to like, def- like go to bat for OkCupid. Well, no, like, but I'm in this, gonna, so you'll, you'll see. Like- yeah. Yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm going but. to show you why OkCupid is better than the other common dating apps out there. Or really why any of the dating apps that have a questionnaire feature are better than those that don't. I haven't been on any dating apps in somewhere between a year and about 18 months, but when I was on them, I was on all of them. And I came across the account of man who essayed me on all of them. So I saw all of his bios and the only one that gave away anything was OkCupid because of the questionnaire. So the way that works is that you answer a question for yourself and then you select one or more answers that would be appropriate for a potential partner and list how important their answer is to you. Asked, do you give in easily when pressured? He said yes, and I said no. But both of our answers are coming up pink, which means that we both said the other person's answer was a deal breaker. So when he filled this out, he indicated that he considered it to be a negative if not a deal breaker if a woman does not give in easily when pressured. Do you see the problem with that? If you let people talk for long enough, they'll give themselves away. Be safe out there. I'm- uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's um, a really good thing to have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's these yeah, sort yeah. of questions that would trigger a red flag immediately, and you can sort of uh, you can sort of um, filter them in and out. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like like she explained, you can um, you you answer questions, and you can then um, select the answers that you would accept, and then also give that level of importance. And in this example, giving in when pressured is is obviously a, a red flag, uh, you know, for, for pretty obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought that was that was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, for another one here, uh, yeah, we'll ju- we'll just play this. This is a so what happened here. This is a, like a coffee shop or something, and um, the man in involved here he said something um i'm assuming quite misogynistic like right before the the starting of of filming here of the tiktok and um he ends up in trying to defend himself he ends up like doing a a a self-own um which is pretty good why is it okay for women to say oh you're five feet on dating sites you should be dead that's okay who said that to you here nobody Women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that shit up? Everywhere I go, I get the same fucking smirk with the biting lip. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. Dude, you want to step outside? You want to step outside? Huh? I'm not standing, pal. You shut up, too. No, go ahead and attack I'm sorry, we really just got old. booted from Facebook again. I apologize. <laughs> this is really old. Is yeah. it? Oh, you've seen this before. Yeah, this is like pre-pandemic. Oh, okay. Well, I just figured... <laughs> this, <laughs> I figured is the, this, this is the bagel This is the bagel boss. I figured this guy wouldn't be wearing a mask either way, so I didn't know it was yeah. pre-pandemic. Um, no, this is the first time. It just happened to be on my, my page, and I hadn't seen it yeah, before. Yeah, it's the bagel boss. Oh, okay. So he's got a name. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not God or my father or my boss. Yeah, it's an interesting um, sort of like uh, ranking there of the the mm-hmm. people that he respects most. Yeah, but yeah, just like unprompted to talk about mm-hmm. how women make fun of him for being on short dating apps. on dating apps. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so one more here from from the whole the whole dating side. Uh, so do you have a, a record player, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice little vinyl collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering if you've ever tried anything uh, anything like this. Hey, baby girl, thanks for coming over. You know, I'm kind of thinking of uh, putting on some music to get in the mood. I collect vinyls. I kind of want to spin one for you. It's called, uh, you might have heard of it. 
actual business letters dictated at various speeds. Upholstery design. Starlight contains a special chemical like what you ingredient hear? that well, that spin, girl. the rays of the sun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, over, um, Thanksgiving, uh, my dad was going through my grandfather's records, um, mm -hmm. and my grandfather had something that was, like, called, like, soothing, soothing tones for the tired businessman or something like that. <laughs> okay. I don't know, there was some bizarre stuff. The early days of ASMR. Yeah, it was, it was strange. Um, and then there was another one that was just, like, it was, like, some kind of big band record or, like, some kind of, like, barbershop whatever um and well first of all the copy of all those records is bizarre on the back like there's just so much text like i don't know how they were able to write so much um there was like a guy on the like one of the people in the band that was like named like bob hoagie or something mm -hmm. um just like just like the most ridiculous old-timey names you know um or was it like hoagie johnson i don't know something like that somebody was named hoagie um and they were like going through the history of the band or like music or something. And then uh, since it was like from the 50s, uh, it was going to be like it was like uh, the 1910s. It's like, uh, well, Great War. <laughs> and then it like got to the 30s and it's like, well, it was a war again. Oh it was, <laughs> like it was just like, OK, it's like, yeah, I think everybody would know. Like, like I don't know why it was like recapping like early 20th century history on the back of this record it was really strange stuff and also you could probably find a war no matter where you are in history yeah so it was like well well it was war again and bob hoagie was doing his thing yeah it was just like weird weird way to frame this music mm -hmm. but yeah now would you have a would you have like a go-to record on hand if you're if you're in this uh situation um i don't know it seems very pretentious if, yeah like I, I I feel like it would be a better call to be like, hey, you want do you, like want to listen to something? Why don't Why don't you put on? Something? Yeah, you like, choose, right? Yeah, like not yeah, hand hand the ox cord as you you know as you do, right? There you go. You know? mm -hmm. Like yeah. Right, Otherwise, so I, it seems very uncomfortable. Yes, yes. Um, because you pick something and then it, it then it falls flat and then it's like ah fuck. Do we continue to keep listening to it or do right. do we yeah shift gears yeah it's um, all downhill from here yeah and i feel like i feel like maybe some of the vinyl collectors make that too big of a part of their like personality yeah you know so oh i'll show you this obscure gem mm -hmm. it's called the beatles <laughs> yeah um okay so i wanted to to go to the uh and we talked about this last week a little bit but the trucker convoy yeah 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 um, so there's this guy on TikTok, uh, Walter Masterson, he goes to like these right wing protests and stuff. And he's sort of like, he, he asked them some leading questions. Like he's, he's pretty much just there to troll them. Um, but I feel like, I feel like the responses in these videos really point to something that I've, I feel like it's not talked about enough. Um, so mm -hmm. I'll just, we'll just play it first. So is this like channel five? Uh, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you mean? Like, is was this broadcast on TV? No, there's a YouTube channel called Channel 5, and they go to, like, protests and, uh, like, strange events, and they just kind of let these people talk, and mm -hmm. they sort of, like, show their whole ass. Right, yeah, this is very similar to that. Okay. Um, yeah, To stop sure. the socialist agenda, we need to get rid of these big pharma companies, yeah. like <laughs> Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer, Moderna. That's right. You know what? Amazon. We need to get yeah. rid of Amazon if we want to stop Ta the socialism. Taxes are enough. And we don't revolt. We eat poutine. We drink maple syrup. 
You guys need to fight for your freedom because there is an underlining agenda that's going on. I don't know how much you know. I'm not going to get into that. The workers need to unite against uh, socialism. The workers yes. of the world need Absolutely. to unite and, to, and seize the means of production Absolutely. and everything. They're Thank you. What do you think are some things we can do to fight the socialist mm -hmm. agenda? Love, truth. We have to hold a line, put our foot on the ground, and say enough is enough. The real root cause of the socialist agenda is the banks. Yeah. The big banks. Yeah, 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 yeah. The big banks through big pharma, big tech. Uh, big media. Big media. I'm out of here because we're done. We lose this fight, this country's over. Canada's always been a socialist type of country. You've been living under socialism for a long time because of the health care. Well, yeah, because of the health care and they, you know, they sneak it in here, they sneak it in there, everybody gets used to it. Now, everybody woke up, like, heavily, heavily woke up. What's the socialism like? It's like you want to see a doctor and then you see a doctor and then, like, they don't charge you. It's not that great of a system, guys. I mean, if you had a car accident or you emergency, it's fast. Because it's a socialist healthcare system, they're using, they call it like a triage thing. Sort of, yeah. It's what we have in there. It's like, you know, you want to pay to see the doctor, you pay to see the doctor. Exactly. So, like, I can pay to see the doctor right away. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't have to wait and do this, like, socialist triage system like in they have in Canada. Do you think these insurance companies are part of the socialist agenda? Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, 100%. Always the same clicks making the money. You can have cars doing. 50 miles at a gallon, a long time ago, trust me, a long, long time ago. The automotive, automotive industry is definitely part of the socialist agenda. Oh yeah, for sure, I mean, they're all in bed together, it's, it's all, who pays the bill? Us. Us, the, the, Us. the, 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 the consumer, the, 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 the taxpayer. The the taxpayer, the middle class, we always get the bill. So like obviously, <laughs> obviously with this one the questions are very leading. Yeah. Um, but there are ones where like like you said they'll just like go on and and contradict themselves all on their own. Right. But it's like with this, I think, and and I have another one too. Um, but it's like I feel like a lot of the people on the right that are in like the working class, um, the the like the values that they hold are not. It's not like they're on a fundamental level against something like socialism. It's just that the propaganda on the right on like the far right has like taught them that everything that like um everything that they hate or everything that uh they don't benefit from is because of socialism even though it's the exact opposite mm -hmm. right yeah they get so close they get so close to being there like having having the right point mm -hmm. you know um like that's what you see it's like like you know QAnon they hate the clintons it's like, yeah, you should, but mm -hmm. you hate them for the weirdest reason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like the same thing all over. It's like, yeah, you should you should hate these large corporations, but not for the reasons that you are you think you should. Yeah, so like they're disgruntled and they're disgruntled for for valid reasons, but because of like the news outlets that they watch and the articles they read, they've sort of um they 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 believe that the people at fault are actually the people that are trying to like make change for the better, which is mm -hmm. Unfortunate. Um, like, I think this one here, this video from the same person is, is an even better example you're of truth, that. You're a truth seeker and a truth speaker? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get censored on platforms and things like that. I mean, I've got taken off Instagram. What happened on Instagram? I talked about this. Oh. 
didn't like it. Um, I talked about some missing books in the Bible that were found under the Vatican. They didn't like that. It was one of those. If we want to stop the socialist agenda, we need to get rid of the Vatican, correct? Uh, yeah, I can't believe how much went on there. I didn't know. I grew up as a Catholic. So and big, big Pharma big needs pharma to go if we that. want to stop the socialist agenda. We need to stop them. Amazon needs to go if we want to stop the socialist agenda. Did Jeff Bezos just step down? What are some things we can get rid of in order to fight the socialist agenda? Get rid of Amazon. Get rid of Facebook. Get rid of Facebook. Let's get rid of Netflix. Let's get rid of Hulu. Do you agree that we need to sort of get rid of Pfizer and Moderna and all these big pharma companies if we want to stop the socialist agenda? Absolutely. Yeah. The people who are running the show here are highly, highly invested in these companies. Yeah. You're, a truth, you're a truth seeker and a truth... Yeah. Netflix and Hulu, huh? Yeah, that kind of came out of left field. Uh, but the yeah. rest of it, the, <laughs> the rest of it lines up perfect. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just frustrating because I feel like so many people are essentially brainwashed. And it's like they have the right ideology, but they're just putting it in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, but to get to get away from that, I just have one more. Um, this mm-hmm. is from a philosopher, uh, Rodney D. Norman. Pretty popular over on TikTok. Um, and... You know, he's he's somebody you can look to if you're feeling a little bit lost in your life. You're just looking mm. for answers or some sort of direction. Okay. Um, so I felt like kind of a figure. guru. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I felt like this was a nice way to end the the segments. Um, potentially the the one and only <laughs> uh, time we do this segment, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, here he is. Here are the the wise words of uh, of Rodney D. Norman. Sometimes you end up getting where you want to go, and then find out when you get there that you don't want to be where you're at. And then you feel like this is all just a waste of time. But just remember, if you never got there, then you'd always be wanting to get there. And then you don't know you don't want to be there until you get there. So sometimes you just got to go where you don't want to go. Just to know that that's not where you want to be. Okay. That was super freaking awesome the rest of your day and stuff. Okay, bye. Um, huh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's it, it came for me. It came at a time when I needed it the most. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Um, I was scrolling the for you page. I didn't uh-huh. quite know which direction I wanted to go, and then I saw up or down. <laughs> <laughs> no, on more of like an ex- existential uh, uh-huh. level. Um, and then I encountered uh, Rodney D. Norman, and he sort of guided. Yeah, me. yeah. That um, that was like the Kamala Harris uh, soundbite. I'm not, I'm not familiar. She's like, we need to do the things that we've always done and Mm -hmm. that we are. See, to me, this brought me right back to my, um, uh, intro to philosophy course. Oh yeah. Uh, in college, um, where it's like finding the proof of the proof of God. Right. And you have all these, um, these, uh, logic statements that sort of like you have to keep track of one after the other and it's like uh i feel like rodney rodney's doing that here to us mm. you know he's he's sort of like uh doing the double negatives and the and all that but uh i, I feel at the end of it it's it's a, a very nice a very nice piece of uh of i had a lot of philosophy classes in uh-huh. college mm-hmm. um i had one that was called philosophy of religion which i had to take um it was taught by the oldest man I think I had ever seen. Uh, he could barely walk. I think he could barely stand. But boy, holy fuck, could he he, he could he could yell. Um, <laughs> and I think he might have had dementia or mm-hmm. something going on because he only ever gave one lesson. Um, 
And it was basically that we know God exists because of the phrase, holy, holy, holy. (laughs) And he would shout that, holy, holy, holy. And that was about it. And so I had to, for the for the final, I had to bullshit an essay. And so, of course, I repeated that lesson. I got mm. an A on the class. Oh, it's yeah. The class was basically a study hall because he would just keep giving the same that same lesson. And I could just kind of sit in the back and do other work while he was doing that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very strange. Oh, also, it was an open book final. Oh, those are always welcome. from the book that he didn't really use. Mm-hmm. Very strange class. My one philosophy professor would not permit anybody to um, bless him after he sneezed because <laughs> um, it went against it went against his his whole philosophy on, on the matter. See, see, I think I think this shows the difference because I went to a Catholic school and, and you very much didn't. Yeah, that's very true. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were still looking for proofs of God, but uh, you couldn't you couldn't bless somebody if they sneeze. So yeah, I had more conventional philosophy classes. That was not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very strange. By the way, um, while we're before we leave this uh, <laughs> this trash fire of a segment here, um, I had one video, and and it's something that I put down in the uh, what we're thinking about because I've been thinking about it, not this video specifically, but the show as a whole this week. Uh, Big Brother mm. Celebrity Edition. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry to bring up Big Brother again, but uh, the uh, third installment of Celebrity Big Brother which was a show that was resurrected from the dead. Um, Everybody thought it was canceled because there hadn't been a season in like four years. Mm. But uh, I guess ratings wise, the regular, you know, they stopped, they stopped making celebrities. Well, yeah, there was a big, uh, they they wanted to get Shaq, but he said that he didn't qualify. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Um, Celebrities that keep quitting. I know, I know. But uh, yeah, so it happened. Uh, this this past week especially was was uh, a bit of a tough time. Um, it was referred to by some as uh, Big Brother Hell Week because in, okay. in, in four days, okay, four nights in a row on CBS, prime time, there were six hours of Big Brother content. You know, anybody could do anything else with that time. Oh, for sure. Um, I would argue that the producers of the show could do anything else with that oh, time. Oh, no, because, I, was, I was including them, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> let me tell you, there were six hours of content, mm-hmm. but I there nothing happened. Sure. Nothing happened. Like, for for example, just one example, uh, probably my favorite my favorite duo of, of the celebrities on the show this season was Lamar Odom, which I've, I've talked to you about his antics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, Todd Bridges, who you might remember as a child star. Um, I don't know why I say you would remember him because this show aired before we were born. But uh, he, you, you know, the the phrase what you talking about Willis. Yeah. yeah so he's Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so that's those are my two favorites on the show this season. And uh, the one segment from one of the two hour episodes, <laughs> one of one of multiple two hour episodes uh-huh. this past week <laughs> included uh, Todd and Lamar sitting on a couch with a, um, a blood pe- a blood pressure uh, reader. And they were competing to see who could have the lower blood pressure reading between the mm. two. Yeah. So we spent a segment on that. Um, there was also a segment about about aliens, um, which I wanted to share with you mm-hmm. here. I'm trying to like do my tree. Oh, ancestry? Yeah. 
but it's hard because my mom's parents came from the Azores in Portugal, and I can't go back too far after I get to Portugal. I found out that uh, I'm related to the pharaohs of Egypt. So you mean to tell me your people's a pharaoh? Yeah. They were, like, connected with the aliens. Who? Who? The Egyptians? Yeah. I mean, if you do your, your history, the Egyptians had a connection with interterrestrial life. Um, how the hell they built the pyramids? It's called technology smart. They were smarter than we were. They didn't have no cement. <laughs> they did. They made it. <laughs> Lamar. I mean, you just have to believe there's so many planets. and So I, I would think that there's so much space that there might be, you know, different beings occupying that space. Tell me this thing, since you know it all, Todd. Why'd they cut the noses off the Sphinx? I don't know. That's some crazy. Because it exposed the aliens. Fell off, dude. They fell off, homie. No one cut that yes, off. Yes, they did. <laughs> Why you messing with me, homie? You ain't study, boy. They didn't have any cement. <laughs> no, it's not cement. It's cement. cement. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was great. Um, Todd, uh, one of his comebacks there was it's, it's called Technology Smart. Yeah. Which which I love. Um, yeah, no, these two were the saving grace of the show. Um, yeah, it was a rough a rough three weeks uh, of Big Brother celebrity. Um, the the two people that made it to the final two and 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 the winner eventually, like they were the most disliked people in the house mm -hmm. by all the fans and everything. So like there was nobody to root for. Um, but Lamar was was by far the most entertaining. Like he clearly when he signed on to do this had never seen Big Brother before or knew how it worked and i'm assuming he also did not in the time between being recruited for the show and coming on the show do any like research into it did you think it was like a real world situation um well that i'm not sure of either because uh they have the you know the diary room sessions where you talk to producers and that you know you basically voice your feelings uh, about what's happening and mm -hmm. he said that he until about a week left in the in the season he did not know that those were used on the tv broadcast he was like i just thought that was for them to have as feedback <laughs> feedback or just you know insight <laughs> did he think he was a producer um, no, I think he knew he was on the show, but he also had to ask uh, his other house guests many, many times how all the competitions worked. And at mm. one point he was like, if you get evicted from the house, uh, can can the jury members still vote for you to win? I mean, hasn't that happened before? Um, okay, technically, technically, they've had sort of like uh, battle back competitions where you get yeah, evicted. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, But I really don't think that's what Lamar meant. He thought you could be evicted, go home, and then on finale night, they still vote for the winner out of like the entire pool of, of people. Oh. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, that might spice things up. This, oh, I'll tell you, this season, we could have used anything to, to spice it up because it was, it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I really enjoyed Lamar Odom. In the beginning, it seemed like his entire purpose was to have a platform to um, say that he wants to get back with his ex-wife, Khloe Kardashian. Ah. And the show, like, the show really abided this because it it, it gave him two separate segments uh, this season of where he's talking about how he really messed up with her and he would love to have a second chance and he loves her so much. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if that's what he came for, he definitely accomplished Did he? Is he back together with really? it? Oh, I just mean his attempts. Like his, oh. his attempt to get, to get the word out <laughs> I'm going to say, wow, that really worked. Oh, huh? wow. I didn't know she was a big fan of the show. Uh, no, we haven't gotten any confirmation on that, on that part yet. Um, but yeah. Um, so there was that. And then there was also, I had one other Big Brother related thing I wanted to mention because I thought it was really pretty amazing. Um, so Big Brother Canada is starting up next week. <laughs> I'm, I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm very, very excited though because Big Brother Canada is my favorite iteration of, of Big Brother. And it, it's really? Gonna... Big Brother Brazil isn't on your radar or? Well, I haven't seen it. Um, oh, okay. So it could be great for all I know. <laughs> yeah, but, sure. But yeah, I love Big Brother Canada. Um, and it's going to be a nice nice change of pace from this dumpster fire of a celebrity are, season. Are they holding it at the Ram Ranch? <laughs> no, and, and I do hope that all the house guests uh, can get there uh, yeah. without being blockaded or anything like yeah. that. Um, no, so the cast, the cast. Uh, excuse my, my voice crack there. The cast, I'm just so excited. Um, mm-hmm. The cast uh, information was revealed this week. So we got like the bios of, of the cast members and everything, which is always exciting. Um, and there was one name that caught everybody off guard. And there's a bit of a story behind it. So last season, uh, when they released the cast info, immediately there was backlash because one of the house guests that was set to be on the show has a problematic past. And okay. as soon as it became known that he would be on the show, people that knew him personally came out online and said, this guy has said and done some some bad shit. And then some video surfaced that proved that. And so he was swiftly removed before the season even began. This okay? was last year. This was last year. Um, so this guy was removed. We never saw him. Instead, he was replaced with an alternate by the name of Kyle Moore. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the obsessed, you know, Big Brother fans on on social media, they immediately see this. Doxed him. Well, I wouldn't put it that way. They're just, they're excited. They wanted to look up and see if there's any info Incriminating. about it. No, 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 no. They were coming at it from like, we want to see who this guy is. We just want to. So they found a Twitter profile of Kyle Moore um, with a picture that looked pretty similar to the one that's, you know, on the Big Brother Canada page. Um, and so people started messaging this, this Twitter profile and they're like, you know, welcome to, you know, welcome to the big brother family. Congratulations on making the show, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh-huh. So after about a day or so, uh, Kyle Moore comes on Twitter, this Twitter profile. And he's like, I don't know what any of you guys are talking about. I've never heard of big brother before. Um, I think you're mistaken here. Uh, it turns out that the, the, the Twitter fans had the, the big brother fans had the wrong Kyle. Sure. Moore. Sounds um, like a very common name. Yeah. Yeah. So they had the wrong guy. Uh, it was a different different Kyle. Yeah. Um, but this Kyle Moore uh, springboarded off of this and and started getting involved in the Big Brother community. Like he became a fan of the show after this happened, right? Oh my god! And so he started like he went on a podcast, like a Big Brother podcast that's pretty popular. Oh my god. Um, he got into it. No, he became a fan of the show. No, everybody's got to build a brand now, man. Yeah. So Twitter, fa- like Twitter people, as a joke, like an inside joke, they they refer to him as like the real Kyle Moore, sure. right? And the the one on the show is like the the fake one um so now cut cut to a year later and we have the cast info for the new season of big brother canada and would you believe it but he is on 
Big Brother Canada season 10, which I think yeah. is is very funny. Because um, there's, there's definitely a, a, a difference between, because Big Brother Canada has a much smaller viewership than, than the US version does. Right. And the producers seem more tuned into like what the like obsessed fans online are saying and, and how they feel and stuff like that. Whereas mm-hmm. the US Big Brother production could not care any less. Um, so this this is like an intentional intentional piece of casting here because the guy does seem like a genuinely nice person. Um, and uh, so I just think it's pretty cool that this guy is going to be on the show now after this, this mishap uh, happens. Doesn't that kind of stack the deck though? Because like... Well, that's the thing I'm curious about. Like, I don't know how much of this they're going to show on the TV broadcast. Like, I don't know how they frame this. I don't know how they sort of... But aren't there, like, fan votes for shit? Um, yeah, they've sort of moved away from Mm. that. Like, definitely earlier on, like in earlier seasons, they relied heavily on fan votes, but they've sort of moved away from that recently. I don't expect it to really interfere with the game very much. Mm. Um, they will have to explain why there has been a Kyle person named Kyle Moore in two consecutive seasons of Big Brother oh, Canada. Um, Sounds like a very common name. Because when you said the name, I was like, what, is that a hockey player that I, I'm forgetting? Like, it's just right. very... Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, and also I do think even though the Twitter and social media fan base of, of Big Brother is very vocal, I do think I do still think they're in the, the minority. Like, it's, it's a small but vocal community, right? Mm-hmm. So... If there is like a fan vote of some sort, like for instance, um, America's favorite player for Celebrity Big Brother, there was a big campaign all across Twitter and Reddit to get this one person to become America's favorite. And Mm -hmm. ultimately it failed. (laughs) Somebody Mm -hmm. else won instead. So like the reach only goes so far, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I just think it's a fun, a fun casting story Mm -hmm. um, that I wanted to, I wanted to share. Okay. Clearly, clearly you, you are not, uh, not entertained. I, I just think it's I, overzealous fans creep me out. I mean, is it overzealous just to like look up a guy's Twitter profile and, and see what he's posted? Cause he's going to be on the show. Well, then you, you contact him. Well, it's, it's, it's more just like, it wasn't anything malicious. It was just like, Hey, congratulations. I think, no, I think the goal was to see if he had done some weird shit. Um, I don't I'm know. not saying that's necessarily bad because mm-hmm. if he, if he was like a Nazi, you know, then you don't want him to have a spot on a show. But like just the fact that that is like the instinct is to go find that person immediately. I mean, I'll admit the Big Brother fan base, like the the uh, the the diehards can be quite. Uh, yeah, that's can just be quite weird fan culture. Yeah. yeah. So like, for example, like Todrick Hall is was on the celebrity season and he's the one he's one of the two that made it to the finals. And he's a piece of shit. Like he is a uh, racist, misogynist, um, just like puts down people all the time. Like he's just not a good person. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Well, you're better. You're better off. What's his name? Um, Todrick? Todrick Hall. Yeah. And Todrick. Yeah, he's like, I think he was on Drag Race for a period of time. He's done like The Masked Singer. He, like he's done the rounds as far as like reality TV. Mm. Um, but yeah, he like sucks. And uh, he basically has gone off the grid after the season ended because mm. you know the Big Brother fans are giving it to him. Yeah. Um, and I think to a degree, rightfully so, but also like the people can car- get carried away online. Mm-hmm. Like, he deserves to, to be called out on the shit that he said, but at the same time, like, I know the Big Brother fan base, and they can really they can really flood the DS, you mm-hmm. know? So, if somebody's problematic on this show, they're going to hear yeah. about it. That's, that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Um, um, okay. But we should wrap this. Yeah, we should wrap up. it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it, especially if you stick it through all the bullshit that I edit out <laughs> <laughs> vigilantly <laughs> week to week. 
Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Den and Road. You could give me sarcastic remarks about you liking the show that I can't interpret and or understand. Uh, check out the Facebook at facebook.com slash Den Road TV, where I cannot pay for advertisements because I say fuck. Uh, and check out the Twitch at twitch.tv slash Den Road TV, where I have to stream raids later tonight. Fucking Christ. Ugh. And I want to stream Elden Ring because I want to play that fucking game. Um, and do YouTube just search for Denner Road TV. Check out the clips. And as always, you can email us anything at all video at denneroad.co. And if you have the time, please give us a rating if your podcast app allows you to do so. It would really help us out. All right. That's going to do it for us. We will see you next week with a regular show. At the very <laughs> least. Uh, yeah, that's it. See you next time.